action. Welcome to Torn Stumps, the Trash Movie Podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk and Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. And we're going to the movies. Joshua and I have a big old shared film knowledge, but there are always gaps that need to be filled. So in this episode, Joshua has recommended a film that I've not yet seen. For this episode, Joshua chose Monster, directed by Patty Jenkins. Joshua. Monster stars Charlie's Theron as Eileen Warnus, a prostitute in Florida who starts a relationship with Selby, played by Christina Ricci, after they meet in a gay bar. With no way to make money other than selling her body, Eileen increasingly struggles to make a happy, happy life for them, and as her psychological issues spiral out of control, she begins murdering the men who pick her up for sex. Robert, what did you think of the film? So I'd never, as I said, I'd never seen this movie before, and I remember when it came out and... There was, you know, the big Oscar bars and the big hoo-ha about it all. Um, And it kind of made the celebrity out of uh, Eileen. Mm -hmm. Even though, spoiler, spoiler, she had been put to death maybe a year or two before the film came out. I often wonder what she would actually think of the film. But um, I remember when it came out and the whole hoo-ha, but I never saw it. So seeing it now, what, 15 years, 14 years after the fact... The whole film is, as 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 a whole, a little bit dated. It it definitely feels of its time. It 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 doesn't feel. I mean, it definitely doesn't feel like a '90s film, but it definitely feels like you know early 2000s. It's got that look. I didn't know that it was going to be just essentially a a very troubling story of two people trying to find a place in the world together. Yeah. I didn't know that was the crux. I, I generally thought it was going to be more of a, you know, like a investigative journalist version of who this woman was and why she committed these crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a very kind of, it's a very humanistic film. It's, it's kind of, it's called Monster, um, which is what Eileen was branded. Um, but it looks for the, the human behind the headlines. So it, it's kind of like how... A lot of people who struggle with mental issues, they often feel that they have something kind of wrong with them, something fundamentally broken about them. Um, And Eileen is kind of a really extreme example of that and and how something that is is in some way broken about somebody can actually spiral out of control and and turn them into somebody that they would never want to be. and so the film is kind of really sympathetic towards both Eileen and her victims. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's it's a very, it's troubling. And for me, it's, I find it incredibly um, powerful, actually. I find it, I found it, when I watched it, when it first came out, I found it really got under my skin. And it, I I was kind of troubled by how I felt towards Eileen and how I really felt that she was a victim in, in this as well. Um, as as in like the way that society had had treated her, the way that she never got that that start in life. There was a something right. something in here, something something in the film that that said that like oh, I've never had a choice. This film is all about choices. There's, yeah, there's there's a couple of conversations in the second half of the film um, where 
that is very explicitly brought up you know the dialogue in the film isn't amazing but when when they talk about choices i find that really fascinating because the choices you make are what define you as a person and so when eileen tips over into becoming a murderer and she, you know when the first time we see her kill she does it out of self-defense i found that scene very uncomfortable it's very troubling yeah and then she continues on and you and it's yeah she she goes from being a victim to then choosing to victimize people and taking that into her own hands yeah she um, sort of places the the anger that she has over that initial rape onto mm. these other men and that was always her that was always her self defense that these men were going to rape me yeah yeah she she sees herself as a victim and the thing about the real Eileen is that her stories changed her uh, you know, she was interviewed by, is it Paul Broomfield? The, the, was it Nick, Nick Broomfield? Nick Broomfield did the documentary, yeah. The documentarian. And her story changes. She, you know, it, it, it's never set in stone. She never, she's never really sure exactly what she's done, I don't think. Um, she lies. She makes things up. And the film, this film, kind of does tap into that a bit. You know, you get bursts of exposition where she talks about how she's been selling her body since she was 13. Mm. And then we're told that she was repeatedly raped from the age of eight yeah. by her father's friend. But again, um, she narrates that part. So she's telling us. So she, actually that, says that, she actually says that as dialogue to a, to a man. But is that but, her making up a story? Right, or? yeah, you, you don't really know. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's where the film is. Um, that's where it gets its kind of tr- troubling power is that you don't really know how much she's been created and how much she just kind of is mm. um and and did did her circumstances kind of steer her in a certain troubling direction or was she going to go there anyway that performance by Charlene Theron is holy shit amazing she got the oscar deserved she did get the oscar i mean for once the oscar got it right but <clears throat> she it's one of those performances where the actress steps back and this character steps forward and i just i wasn't watching conscious that it was charlene theron because i've seen bits of the nick broomfield documentary and you know we know what eileen looks like she's got this kind of you know her head is sort of pushed back and she's got this wild wide-eyed expression and the hair is always slicked back in this kind of like melted mullet mm-hmm. kind of kind of way and they rec- they recreate it really well she put weight on for the film mm. shining to the wrong put weight yeah. on for the <laughs> film and the, the prosthetic teeth and her skin's really bad and the hair is you know perfect and all fucked up it, it was just it was mesmerizing to watch but because, she hasn't done anything like that since <laughs> yeah but it's not this is that's the thing the great thing about it is that it's not just about what they added to her it's about what she what she pushes through the prosthetics yeah. and all that stuff. It's you know, not the a parody. Downturn mouth. It's not a parody. No. She just inhabits this this character. And it's truly traumatic to watch this woman completely unravel over the course of, you know, an hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. She starts out at her absolute lowest ebb. She's considering killing herself. Um, and she's she's kind of she says that she asked god asked god for a sign and that sign apparently um appears in selby christina ritchie's character and she she makes a choice there as well i think she you don't know if she's gay she says she's not gay but she is so utterly um kind of 
shocked by true genuine affection yeah you know selby maybe for the first time for the first time in her life it seems for whatever reason selby looks at her and they 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 recognize each other as two outsiders two people two people struggling to make a life for themselves and that brings them together and it's really really sad where you can see this storm in eileen's eyes where she's she's touched affectionately for the first time and it's fucking heartbreaking yeah because she's she kind of she's never had that before you assume and then she makes this choice i'm gonna make it work with this person who sees me in a certain way and is the reason that doesn't work because it's inauthentic she doesn't really feel that way back you you don't really know but she definitely makes a choice there that links into one of her potential victims when the guy's like i've never done this before and he's got a stutter and you can tell that this guy you know maybe she sees in him what she is a complete outsider someone who was never really given a choice mm. was was you know handed this this shit life so she doesn't kill him she mm. just you know reluctantly wanks him off for free mm. yeah well she takes his money but she does she, she take the money she i just him. remember just when i was watching i was like don't kill him don't kill him because <sighs> you know in a weird way you're with eileen you identify yeah. Yeah. with Eileen, even though she's, you know, she's murdering these guys. And a lot of them are, you know, just innocent mm-hmm. people. They just, you know, they want to get their rocks off, mm. you know, as, as one does with a prostitute. Right. Um, but you kind of think, don't, just don't kill this guy because I can't stay with you if you do that. Mm-hmm. I can't identify and I can't have any sympathy for you if you take this guy's life because he doesn't deserve it any more yeah. than you deserved it. Yeah. And the film is very clever in playing with not not judging her necessarily, not condemning her really, not not kind of condoning in any way her actions at all, but trying to understand her, trying to understand why, uh, you know, what is she, mid-30s? A woman in her mid-30s? Yeah, mid-30s, um, late-30s maybe. Yeah, what turns her into what we would call a monster? Yeah. Um, and... You know, sympathizing with somebody and empathizing with somebody are two different things, I think. And what this film does very cleverly is helps you to empathize with somebody who is severely mentally ill, troubled, um, hasn't been given a break, hasn't been given a chance. And what happens to those people? Um, Do they become homeless people on the streets? Do they become murderers? Um, Do they become suicidal you know suicide attempts like what happens to those people and this is kind of a story about somebody who goes to one horrific extreme there's a strong theme running throughout this film about perception mm-hmm. so the the character selby selby is living with her aunt because she's been um sort of pushed out of the family home somewhere in america because she um is a lesbian and the dad's really uncomfortable with that so when selby brings home to her aunt's house, Eileen, the aunt is like, you shouldn't be hanging around with someone like her. She's just a hooker. She's just a street whore. Yeah. She's just, you know, taking her perceptions and trying to push on to someone else. When Eileen goes for a job application, the guy is an absolute cunt to her, saying, do you really think that you have any right coming in here trying to take someone else's job when you've put no hard work into that? 
you know, you should, the party's over, mm-hmm. you know, you've come from whatever, something beach in yeah. California, the party's over, now you want to start real life? No, no, no. And in fact, that scene ends in a very, very funny way. And there are very funny moments punctuated throughout <laughs> this the, film. Fuck you, Celine. Yeah, like, <laughs> fuck you, Leslie. <laughs> but also when one of the, the, the prostitute, the, 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 the guys picks her up, you know, when, you know, he's picked up a prostitute, he's picked up Eileen and, um, he goes, will you call me daddy while I fuck you? And Eileen goes, why? Do you like fucking your kids? Yeah. <laughs> but it's such a, such a screamingly funny yeah. moment. Yeah. And also when, um, when they're kissing, when they first meet, they're kissing in the back alley and these people walk by and it's just, it's very, very funny. Mm. There's this real balance between light humor and, and sort of dark, you know, twisted, mm-hmm. really weird spiraling out of control love affair. It's quite a, a a very fine balancing act that Patty Jenkins has created. Yeah, and I was really surprised she went from directing this, no film directing until Wonder Woman. I know it's shock. I, it's I know really, she's on TV. You know, you know, you talk about, you hear about, uh, kind of women in Hollywood how they don't get jobs and all mm. that kind of stuff. But fourteen years, it's like what was happening. I know that she was doing TV. She was doing Arrested Development. She was doing Entourage and stuff like that. And the Killing. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. And she was trying to get Wonder Woman made for the better part of a decade, I think, kind of back and forth with uh, with Warner's and DC and stuff. So there's that, but it's just kind of a travesty that this was her first film. Mm. It's fucking amazing. I love this film. And then she had to wait that all that decade time and a half. to then come back and be like, "Hey, uh, here's Wonder Woman. I've aced that as well." Um, yeah, she's great. I, I, you know what? A, what a what a career <laughs> but you know she's the winner in the end because yeah. now she is of the five dc universe films <laughs> and i haven't seen wonder woman yet i haven't oh. seen it i got i got quite bored with superhero films um probably about a year ago to be honest so i didn't see doctor strange i reluctantly saw the spider-man film loved it actually mm. um but i didn't see this and I, 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 wonder woman i do need to see it do you want to borrow it have you got it yeah I'm going to borrow it. <laughs> Blu-ray. Yeah. Put that in my bag. <laughs> um, but she, um, she's now what? The highest paid mm. female director in the history of female directors. Yeah. So what a win. Yeah. What a fucking win. It just took Hollywood a little while to catch up. Yeah. She's made what is, a, what I understand, the best DC comics movie ever the most enjoyable apparently i haven't seen it i'm gonna borrow the blu-ray but what a fucking win for patty yeah for patty good old patty good old patty you know she wrote this as well so it's yeah it's a double win christina back to the film (laughs) back to monster yeah christina ricci's character was in danger of just becoming the the robin just the sidekick left in the, the motel room and it's when christina ricci's character nick the car that you know Eileen and Nick from the victim and she's in the bar and she's retelling a story that Eileen had told her so the lie upon the lie upon the lie Mm. that's when that character kind of came in to to her own because I was worried I was like Christina Ricci's a she's a really good actress she's kind of dropped off the face of the earth over the past 10 years but it's a shame where Um, is she where are you Christina come back Um, but her character suddenly came into her own Suddenly she had depth and a potential arc. I felt completely differently about that scene. I felt that was a really upsetting scene because she's now got a serial killer as a role model. She's, it's like the, the chain of 
the chain of kind of degradation like the, the, or of damage yeah exactly yeah. so it's like not only is eileen killing people she's now effectively kind of infecting the people who love her with with her own damage um and so that wasn't that wasn't selby really coming into her own that was selby coming into eileen <laughs> not that sounded really wrong <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking but yeah so that <laughs> that was a very that was a troubling moment and i felt that that was the film that was a film's kind of ethos in what well, ethos in a nutshell it was it was kind of saying this could only go a really bad way for selby so she needs to get out. So you're saying history is repeating itself. Oh yeah. That you know Eileen's fucked up life before the film start has 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 caused her to be this way. Mm. And do you think unknowingly she was putting all this into into Selby? Selby is silently enabling Eileen's behaviour. There's there's a moment where um, Eileen kind of uh, talks about how many men she's killed. I think she rips, she pulls out all the paper cuttings that she's kept like an absolute psychopath. Um, and Selby's like, all these men, all these men. And, and she says, you knew, you knew. And she's like, I knew about one. And you kind of think, nah, like that makes it. nah, you didn't, you didn't know about just one. She kept turning up with all these new cars. You knew yeah, she was repeatedly killing men. So she was kind of a silent enabler. And once, once you condone that behavior, um, I think that you're in Berry troubled waters the scene at the end when selby's on the phone and you know mm. you can tell she's trying to elicit a confession and you just think because i was thinking oh god she's she's turned rat mm. she's turned henry hill from god uh, goodfellas <laughs> yeah and then the camera very slowly pans around and even the phone that she's holding it's just that's not a motel phone it's kind of like that's a real bland office phone yeah. but the, the camera slowly pans around and you see all these policemen around her listening on the tape that was just so so fucking well done yeah just revealing them like on an evil game show like they're reprised <laughs> you know like <laughs> but you, just you just win the big prize you're in jail <laughs> yeah. you get freedom because you've set someone else up but and even the little nods that they were giving each other in in court like I'm doing this, Eileen, in a weird way, not in a weird way, in an actual way, in the context of this film, I don't know if it was in the real, in, in the real world, Eileen is, is almost accepting that, yes, this is all my fault. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you get a free pass. I'm going to help you, you know, be, be seen again, perceived. You are now going to be perceived as innocent and, and led astray by me, the monster. Yeah, that's true. And, is it, yeah, is it her kind of taking responsibility for everything that she's done or... Or is it love? Mm. Is it, I love you so much, finally someone showed me some affection mm. and real, real love and affection that my only way of repaying you is to give you your life back and I'll take it all on my shoulders. I don't know. I don't know if she could love her. Um... Well, Eileen... Yeah, I feel like it would be it would be lovely if she could, and it would be nice if she had found that softness to to her character. But I feel a little bit like she was almost too selfish, too wrapped up in her own psychoses, that she couldn't as, really as a love choice? her. Oh, yeah, I don't know because Selby gives her all that kind of affection and, and love and 
but they're all kind of they're both kind of delusional i think they're they're both buying into this fake reality that they try to make they need a way out yeah they like selby's desperate for to be noticed to be loved to be to be taken seriously as a lesbian because her family just want to yeah repressor like hey, there's a nice guy we can introduce you to yeah and yeah and she says yeah. one day even if you have to sleep with a man you're that's your choice but you'll you know essentially you're going to choose to sleep with a man to get a roof over your head mm. that's what her aunt says is it her aunt or her friend that's her aunt yeah Yeah, says to her and it's really upsetting because it's like well no you don't choose yeah. that she wants it with a woman this film is this this film's interesting because it came out three years after Aaron Brockovich which played a similar trick, which was kind of that um, a, a biopic of a real woman, um, a, a very, uh, you know, a beautiful actress uh, heightening her appearance in order to play a role. Judah Roberts obviously played Aaron Brockovich, got the Oscar for the film. I, I haven't seen the film. It's great. Oh, let's watch that. You'll love it. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll do that for the next one. But this, they're almost like, they're, they're almost like um, yin yang, these two films together. You know, Aaron Brockovich is, is very... It has dark subject matter, but it's ultimately uplifting. Mm. And um, well, this film is not. And this uplifting. is basically a tragedy <laughs> from the start because you oh, know God, where man. it's going. Um, but they're, they're an interesting kind of double bill to watch. But then this film also kind of paved the way for films like Dallas Buyers Club and anything where Christian Bale sheds load of weight or puts load of weight on. <laughs> yeah. it, it turned, it's, it's almost a shame that because uh, Charlie Theron is so good in it, it's almost a shame that now the um, uglification, you know, all that kind of stuff became a trend. And even people like 50 Cent were doing it for films and stuff. Really? What, what yeah. was he in? I've forgotten what his film's called, but he did that. He lost a lot of weight and it was quite scary. Well, he um, played Liberace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was Monster, directed by Patty Jenkins. We want you to join the conversation. Tweet us your thoughts and your reviews to at Pod. Even if you're listening to this way after we've released the episode and suggest films for us to watch. Let's keep the conversation going. And we love a five-star rating. So please do hit that five-star rating. (laughs) Hit that rating. Hit that rating. We're off to watch Wonder Woman because we're going to do it on the podcast. (laughs) We should do it on the podcast. All right. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Because it sounds like an interesting film. It is. Awesome. We'll do that then. Um, Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut.